Hi, and welcome to Talk Theater in Chicago on theaterinchicago.com. I'm your host this week, Benno Nelson, and I'm here talking to Jeremy Wexler, the Artistic Director of Theater Wit, um, which is hosting the um, Chicago Theater Anti-Conference coming up on August 20th through 22nd right here at the Theater Wit on Belmont. Hi, Jeremy. Hiya. How are you doing? I'm good. So I want to talk first just a little bit about this new fantastic space that yep. Theater Wit has that's going to be hosting this uh, conference and a little bit about your history personally just in Chicago theater. Sure. So um, I'm we're here now in this beautiful theater. It's looking lovely. How are you feeling about it? Oh, I'm I'm just ecstatic. I mean, the, the space is finally done. We finished most of the construction in April. Yeah. We produced our one show. Then we slid into the summer. We had to work out the, uh, there was a parking lot that we had to, you know, finish landscaping and some stuff. <laughs> so the. Uh, e- you're even landscaping the parking lot. Uh, we have to. The, the city's very serious that all the landscape, <laughs> really? that all the parking lots have trees and flowers and <laughs> kittens and bunnies in them. Wow. Um, so. Uh, yes. So, uh, so, and so we had to wait to get our uh, performing arts venue license. Great. Um, so that's now all settled and sorted. And we are, uh, going to just launch in, uh, just about two weeks. Wow. Um, the conference will be the first big thing. And Fantastic. then after that, there's stuff in the building, uh, 99% of the year, wow. uh, from September 1st through July of 2011. That's in incredible. All spaces. That's incredible. And how long have you been working on, on refurbishing this building? Uh, we started well. We started plans to renovate a space in uh, two thousand and three. Yeah, this space we started work on in November of two thousand and eight. Great. So it's been wow under renovation for quite some time. Yeah, that's a really serious project. Yeah. And how old is Theater Wit the company? Uh, Theater Wit. Uh, we, we I started Theater Wit with the intent of, of doing renovating this. a building and wow. putting a theater into it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I saw two thousand four. Is that correct? Yeah, that was our first show. Yeah. So we started that, and we were simultaneously looking for spaces. Wow, man. And we had a space, and then that fell apart in December of two thousand and five. Finally, wow. After forever negotiations and trying to get things moving along, and finally, and that property is still vacant and abandoned. That's where sad. It was. Um, uh, so then, but then at that point we broken down and started producing and then we couldn't stop producing and so we just kept producing uh so uh so then when this building came around we actually took last year off so we could right. just work on this and so this coming season will be our first full season for two years wow wow and that just seems like such an ambitious undertaking for a company just getting started right um but tell me about your history in chicago theater that would lead you to think that was a good idea <laughs> <laughs> well, i don't know if my history will lead you to think it's a good idea um the uh i mean i've been working in chicago uh directed my first play in chicago in 1990 wow so i've done about 45 productions um the uh, and i've done about half of them were you know in companies that i was running or you mm-hmm. know had a artistic association with long term um so i was an artistic associate of uh Baylor repertory which Great. is uh, where we are standing now yeah um and then uh shakespeare's motley crew so i did a lot of work with them and then i also produced from 1991 to 1994, mm-hmm. I had a theater called Magellan Theater. Nice. And then, uh, and then when we, as soon as that theater flipped into the black, I shut it down and said, "I'm never doing that again." <laughs> um, and because uh, the the biggest the biggest crisis was jumping around from space to space. It was just I thought brutal. Yeah, that's uh, as as a, as a as a an itinerant company, convincing your audience to follow you every, to all these different locations. We would shed audience members as we went from one location to another. Sure. Um, and then, uh, 
So part of the idea was that if I was ever going to start a theater company, it'd be at a point when I thought we could actually build a home for it and put the theater into it and see what happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. Was the, this sounds like a weird question, but was the recession helpful in getting a space? The recession was helpful in completing the space, but not getting it. I mean, you know, rent wise, we, you know, they, you know, we really negotiated the lease right before the big crash. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, sorry, sorry. Um, no, it's, Gallus, <laughs> the, uh, but the, the rent, you know, the, the landlord was very supportive. The, sp the space has been the bailiwick forever. Right. I mean, they, they raised the rent from what it was, but they still wanted this to stay a theater. And so I really commend uh, uh, Kiki and Spiro Stemelos, or the landlords. Um, what, where it was really helpful is in keeping the production, the, the uh, construction schedule on bu budget and on time. Yeah. Where I think what really happens in a big, long scale, I mean, this is, you know, 12, almost 12 months of construction. Yeah. Um, what really impacts that is uh, when things slip, rearranging all the pieces because everyone's got all these other jobs they're booking. Oh, so you end up with wow, spaces wow. that are dead. Like when you when you drive around downtown and you see like, hey, there's this building. No one's, no one's doing any work in there. It's not that they don't care. They've forgotten they're building a building. They're waiting for <laughs> the steel guys to come back yeah, or what yeah. have you. So th these the short delays cascade into much bigger delays. And we didn't have that because the, the, the housing and building industry is, is terrible right wow, now. Wow, that's fascinating. So where that really helped was not that, you know, I don't think it did huge amounts on cost. I think it did something from building them, you know, you know, five years ago. It's obviously yeah. cheaper. Yeah. But I think the big thing it did was say, you know, everyone's like, yeah, sure, I'll come back Thursday. Wow. Instead of three weeks. So that's where, where I really yeah, think it was most helpful. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's really cool. Um, so, and now to sort of christen this space, you're, you're hosting this, is that... Yeah, so sure. We got a non-denominational. Welcome, to welcome <laughs> to the conference. May I show you to your table <laughs> to celebrate the uh, uh, the opening of the space? Um, you're hosting this conference called the Chicago Theater Anti Conference. Yes, and um, tell me about that. Sort of, what, what's the idea? Why why a conference? Why like a, a congress of people rather than a blowout show? Um. Uh, well, I hope we'll also do a blowout show, but the, um, the conference was something I've been, it's been on my mind for a while. And, you know, um, partially because, uh, I came into Chicago theater, um, just as the league retreats were kind of phasing out. And mm, that's were, the league of Chicago theater. League of Chicago theaters had, uh, an, an annual retreat they did for years. Wow. Um, and they had some camp, you know, or bed and breakfast, not bed and breakfast, but like cabins and nice. everyone out there and they, they talked about what they were trying to do and produce and, 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 um, uh, got drunk and, you know, uh -huh. for all I know, you know, everyone slept with each other. I know it was crazy. Hedonistic time. Um, nineties, <laughs> but was that, um, this is the eight, seventies oh, and eighties. Oh, pardon me. Yes. Uh, um, and that was just for members of this League of Chicago Theaters and theater companies and I actually theater don't leaders. Know. Okay. I mean, at the time, I think. Probably. There weren't as many theaters. I expect they were all members of the league, but uh -huh. I don't know if it was closed or not. I know the league organized it. Great, great. Um, and just for, for listeners who might right. not know, the League of Chicago Theaters is a sort of governing and support body that exists in the city to help and coordinate the varied theater companies that exist yeah, it's here. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. it's the Trade Association for Chicago Theaters. Great. And I'm on the board. So, well done. Uh, I nominally do know what it does. Um, <laughs> so the... Uh, uh, and so that kind of fell by the wayside. And then about, I don't even remember now, but five, six years ago, they tried to have a conference, a weekend conference. Yeah. But it was a single, there was a single basically auditorium and they had speakers uh, and yeah, everyone's listening and there were some questions back and forth. Great. Um, but uh, it, it didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, 
as excited about the, you know, uh, it is a way to build camaraderie and connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is, I think, another important function that we provide at the league. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and so uh, what I'd wanted to do was organize a similar event, but, you know, have a lot more freedom so people could f- track and follow the things they were most interested in, uh-huh. um, but also uh, allow for you know, more socialization time. I mean, part of the, you know, I've been attending, there's a group in Chicago called the Chicago Storefront Theater Summit, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great. Uh, and I've been going to them. And the biggest thing I've been hearing at the, the from people speaking at the, the, the theater summit is how isolated people feel producing theater in Chicago, mm. which is, is strange to me because yeah. it is the, the joy of working in Chicago is that the community is so tightly knit right? and that there's so much crossover and interest in each other's work. That's the magic thing. And yet people still felt you know, isolated. And it was partially because everything, all these interactions with people is always in a work context. Mm-hmm. It's always in a production yeah. context. It's always a high pressure context. Um, and, uh, uh, and I was like, okay, so, you know, maybe we, we also need a place to gather every so often. Um, until kind of budget was an issue, uh, as I understand it, the, uh, there was at least an annual holiday party wow. that the league would host, nice. uh, for league members. Um, and you know, our hope, our goal is to get that back, yeah. um, as the, as the league. But meanwhile, I had wanted to set up this kind of idea that we'd have this kind of in-town retreat, uh-huh. um, where people can really trade knowledge and skills, um, uh, but it's very hard to organize because you need a building with many venues and you need a hotel and it's incredibly expensive and yeah. you know, it, it, the costs were no good. There's a reason why when you go to a conference, it costs 500 or $800 right. for a weekend. Right. That's because that's what it costs for the venue. Mm-hmm. It's thousands of thousands of dollars at these hotels to get all these rooms for days. And there's no, you know, and, and then I was like, and we're in Chicago. We don't all go sit in some hotel. Like this isn't out of town. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as we, as the plans for the, the building were, were coalescing, I was, looking to basically say, okay, I'm going to have these spaces. Um, I can organize a weekend where the daytimes are free or open. Wow. Um, so we can, you know, come together as a community uh, and, and talk. And then I, and I, and then of course the, the challenging thing here is, you know, uh, when that was going to happen, because we were still trying to figure out the construction schedule. Once we knew when the building would be open, uh, this, we figured out our schedule just at the time that the league partnered with TCG for the, the TCG conference, right. which is the big national theater the, conference. Yeah. Theater Communications Group. Right. Um, which was being hosted in Chicago for, I think, the first time ever, I think. That's my impression. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, my, you know, I, I've been talking to the league about wanting to do this, but they're like, seriously, Jeremy, you know, th- we love <laughs> we this idea. Help. We'd like to help. <laughs> we want to, this is the sort of thing we should be doing. Yeah. This is a great idea. We can't do it this year. It's, it, we're just, our plates are full. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is fine. So I was like, all right, well, maybe we'll let it slide or maybe I'll see if I can put something together. I don't know. I'm not sure when it'll be. Um, and in fact, I really got obsessed about actually launching it at the TCG conference, which I thought was wow. very good and very wow. successful. And I was talking to Scott Vahill in the lobby who runs uh, uh, Prop Theater. And um, and he was like, this is great. How come we don't do this every year? Yeah. And I was like, well, that is a good question. How come we don't do this every year? There's a ton of Chicago theaters all over this, in, you know, an amazing body of producing not-for-profit theater yeah. of, of knowledge and skills and devotion and commitment. You know, we probably should. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll I'll just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just set it weekend and put it together and see why he could come to attend and let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, getting theater people to talk about themselves, their, themselves and their problems <laughs> is not a problem. So I was like, let's, <laughs> let's give a venue for this. So, um, so that's where the anti-conference came was that the idea is that we're going to you know, open up the presentations, but essentially you have 
12 minutes as a speaker. Wow. To speak about and introduce whatever topics you want to do. Yeah. And then, you know, the floor has got to be open for everyone to discuss this issue. I mean, you can keep talking if they have questions for you. You can set up as group discussions. Some guy's doing like video exercises. He's trying wow. to get theaters to help, help them produce their own video wow. for the webs, you know, uh, back and forth. We also have some panel discussions where the panel gets more time because there's more of them yeah, yeah. with Q&A. But, um, but by and large, they're almost all going to be – they're meant to kind of foster kind of communication back and forth. Um, and then the uh, – and some of the topics are deliberately chosen to kind of – Incite debate. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. We want uh, uh, so I have you know some people coming who have you know um, some interesting side views on you know the state of Chicago arts journalism is one of them. Right. Which, you know, uh, I think will be you know entertaining. <laughs> some Nelson some people something else to talk about. Um, and that and that idea, the idea of the kind of pro, you know when possible putting a provocative statement up front. Yeah. Uh, is also an outgrowth of. Uh, they tried this this idea TCG, which in some groups was successful and some wasn't, but they broke the group arbitrarily into four groups. And they had panels of speakers, and the speakers basically had to have a manifesto about something they felt was either something theaters should be doing that shouldn't, that weren't, or something they were doing totally wrong, wow. or what have you, to incite a debate in the room. Oh, that's cool. And the rooms where it worked, it was apparently very good. I wasn't in one of those rooms, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people really loved the the rooms they were in. So I, I thought of the idea of this kind of provocative, you know, provocative topics, um, as well as, you know, just straight information sharing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought, you know, getting a panel to, you know, help get people some ideas to kind of get them excited for the coming year. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but we have, you know, we've got panels on, you know, uh, managing ensembles and uh, uh, we're trying to get put one together on um, small uh, mounting a festival on a shoestring because there's a bunch of theaters in town that do these like right you know eight play festivals on like you know twelve dollars a play or something <laughs> I don't know how they do it you know but um, so and you know the one thing you know not to pat ourselves on the back for the as the industry in the city but the one thing that you know people in that the attendees at the TCG conference. That weren't from Chicago yeah. was interesting w watching them move through the weekend because uh, the MacArthur Foundation made a bunch of kind of extra passes available to non-members to come to the conference who are in Chicago. Cool. So there, I didn't attend a single session that didn't have two or three representatives from Chicago theaters in the mix. Mm -hmm. And I really think that theaters from out of state were a little astonished, not just at the fact that we all knew each other, right, but also that, you know, the level and complexity of the work being presented by these very small groups, you know, made them be like, whoa, there's really something going on here. And it's not just, and not at a kind of sad little fringe storefronty way, but these storefronts are serious operations. They're, it's not, it's not, these aren't side theaters. These are the core artistic life of the city. Right, right, right. Um, and then that coupled with, you know, Mayor Daly coming in and saying like, theater is the most important thing to a city ever. And <laughs> all of them are like, oh, now come on. You're just living, this is like fairyland. You're just teasing us now. Um, uh, but, you know, Again, you know, there's 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 this immense, this crazy huge body of institutional knowledge in Chicago, right? Um, and some of the stuff is very Chicago specific, like Chicago arts journalism is not subject something that could be looked at nationally, but can certainly be looked at in this microcosm. Yeah. Well, I guess I have a a couple sort of questions, I guess, to be provocative about that. Mm -hmm. One is, aside from it being fun for the participants, yes. And like maybe helpful for the participants in terms mm -hmm. of like getting some shared knowledge, which I think we should come back to. What is good about it to like an audience? Do you know what I mean? Or like why would why would someone who isn't coming care and are they invited? 
Uh, yes, I mean, re- registration is open. It, it is it is a lot about Chicago theater, producing in Chicago theater, yeah. getting plays mounted in Chicago theater, issues faced in Chicago theater. So in that respect, it is a kind of professional conference. So yeah. if you have no interest in actually doing that, in fairness, you should probably stop this podcast and advance <laughs> to the ec- next one. Don't you dare stop this podcast. <laughs> um, but I think there's plenty here for people who are – they don't have to be running a theater. We have plenty mm-hmm. of people attending who, you know – just work in Chicago theater. It's, you know, these, these things that we're talking about are not about like how to sign artist contracts. Right. It's a session on how to write artist <laughs> yeah. contracts, but you have lots of choices. We've also got Martha Levy talking about like connecting to your mission and how to use your mission to infuse your work as, yeah. as, as, as a group. And we have a, just a, a huge range. So I think it has to do with people who care about, you know, there's a lot about the mechanics of producing and creating theater. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the one thing we aren't really doing are any kind of like – we don't really have any practicums about like acting classes or like sure, you know, sure. that sort of thing. So um, I haven't really thought about it as a kind of – you know, for people not connected in some fashion to Chicago theaters. Business. Yeah. Um, or, oh. you, know, you know, it's hard – you know, it's hard to be in Chicago theater without being connected to the business at some level. Right. You know, well, yeah. I'm know. just counting an audience member as being connected. Yes. Um, uh but yes, but uh, the the business and artistic, you know, interior life as a, right. as a random audience member, it certainly might be fascinating to come. I haven't really thought about you as a possible person, so you might come and find that everyone seems to know each other um, uh, and is talking about something extremely obscure. I don't know, but hey, right. come and find out. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> well, and I guess I mean, like, do you do you think in what ways do you think this conference will improve the theatrical life of Chicago? And I don't mean like right. that it has to be succeeded after the first try right. but that a program of these conferences or of the chicago storefront summits do you think those will be proven to improve the quality of the theatrical work or the quality of the theatrical and artistic life in chicago right i'm not sure a conference will will obviously affect the quality of the theatrical work yeah I mean, we're not a, there's one thing that this is about is how do you make a play right uh everyone attending Assume I assume they already think they know how to produce a play. I'm right, sure they they're wrong. They they're pretty sure. <laughs> so you know that's not. I don't think that's the topic. It is. There is a lot about how to, you know, to run your theater to help yourself keep connected. The, the problem we face in Chicago, and yeah. at the, especially at the storefront, but really at every level. One of the things TCG really brought to mind. I've never been to one before. One of the things it really brought home is that everyone's problems are exactly the same, and it's just the number of zeros after the number. Yeah, it's it's identical in almost every aspect. Yeah, um, there are specific things that face Chicago theaters that don't face regional theaters. Um, like we don't really have to ship in talent, and there isn't the same right. kind of some of those producing dynamics yeah, don't exist. But but a lot of the issues, you know, everyone feels like the audience is shrinking. Nobody's been able to show me the audience is shrinking in terms of houses. Right. There are some specific things about – there are specific economic realities about producing in Chicago that are slightly different from regional theaters. For instance, you know, you know, we have – you know, our rent costs are higher than a small theater in, a, in another town. Sure. Our salaries are by and large lower. We have an amazing body of talent that can work for, you know, yeah. $75 a week. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, rightly or wrongly, I mean, I think that the, the that pool exists. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's different th- issues about producing plays that uh, I think are specific to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, – that what really is – that I felt, you know, at some of the storefront theater summits, I think I feel it sometimes when I'm actually able to read Twitter streams for some time where you look at some of the 2 a.m. theater, con- you know, conversations yeah. is that people can, there are things that people say that get other people excited. 
not just about some trick to produce or get another fundraiser, but get excited about the entire complicated endeavor and task of mounting a piece of art in a live performance. Yeah. And that keeping, and that's, if we do anything, I think it's the conference that would be best suited to say what, what you're doing is while it has problems, it is also tremendously exciting. You and in this week weekend, you are it is you, and you are surrounded by people who are excited by exactly the same thing mm-hmm. that we are not working alone. Right that the, that there is a citywide uh, theater movement. Yeah, um, that is still going strong. Um, uh, that is in its way unique, I would say, in the world. Um, uh, with the warts and all. Um, yeah, yeah, and that uh, you know to let people go into the new season, you know, feeling you know more connected. Uh, to not only what they do at a personal level from like, I'm running this theater and I've, these things have me excited about things my theater can do. Yeah. But also from the chance to really, you know, meet, you know, hang out for a weekend, I hope with about 200 other people. Right. Um, all of whom are doing the same thing. We don't have many chances as a community to come together in, at that, at that level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very difficult, you know, especially once the season gets going. Everyone's in rehearsal. Everyone's got this. Yeah, everyone's got that. Everyone's busy. They got work. They got jobs. They got this. And, you know, so, yeah. you know, so one of the reasons we put it in, when we did is it was right before lots of people got totally swamped by rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and before performance schedules were killing everyone and, and everything and to really try to, uh, you know, give that opportunity for people to, you know, hang out together to find resources similar to the storefront theater summit is that, you know, getting these people together in the same room mm-hmm. so that they meet each other face to face. It's, you know, for all the magic of social media, I'm not sure you build friendships from social media. You build kind of respect. Yeah. But people become friends after they meet each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, know, you know, they might have more to talk about if they've established an electronic correspondence. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, nonetheless, it's it's finally coming together with people personally. Um, that I think is where you know it's where we're most comfortable. Where theater people are by and large people. People. Yeah. We want to you know interact and see people we're talking to and 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 make that kind of one on one communication. So that's you know from a just a logistical standpoint having the conference in one building where people have to move around and bump into each other yeah. and 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 talk we have you know, we have uh we got parties every night you know with food you know nice. uh, uh so that everyone can hang out and you know not over all over they learn but just have a good time yeah uh to help 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 knit, keep the community knitted together why do you think you spoke about the isolation of theater makers in Chicago, despite right. there being 300 theater companies? Like the idea that you would feel alone in a in an environment like that, and I think you're right. I mean, I think you really put your finger on it. Why do you think that is? Because because the logistics and the economics of it are so brutal that what happens is if you're running a theater, and I believe me, I know this, <laughs> um, uh, you have a day job. Because your theater is, if you're lucky, paying you maybe five hundred to a thousand bucks for a show at most, at, you know, ninety percent of the theaters. Yeah, I'd say half of those pay you nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's your theater, it certainly pays you nothing. Yeah, theater what still pays me nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> One day I will pay me. Um, so you have a day job. So you're there. You're there from nine till five. From five till six, you travel to wherever you're going to have rehearsal that evening, meeting, design. You probably do some work on it on the train. Yeah. You grab a quick bite to eat. You start work at 6:30 with your design meeting, your rehearsal, or you're reading scripts, or you're doing your books, you're you know, you know, so you're doing that in the in the bubble of this production or if you're actually running a theater in the bubble of produce getting ready to produce your next production, yeah. which is a lot of one-on-one time with you in a computer. Um uh you do the you, you kill yourself when you go into rehearsal. You kill yourself for 4 to 6 weeks. You're rehearsing 25 extra hours a week outside of your life 
requirements and outside of work requirements. So, you know, you sp- you have maybe six hours a week in which to run errands, buy food, like do all that other stuff. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're rehearsing and you pour all this energy and money and effort and you mount the show and it opens and it's well-received or it's not well-received. People come, they don't come. You never, most of us never know why one way or the other. I've had shows that have been well-received that have been poorly attended. I've had shows I thought were brilliant that got poorly received and were well-attended. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, and then you are then in production and you're performing and the show's running and you're trying to keep the show going and trying to build audience and get the word out. Yeah. So that, so your work doesn't stop. Then you're done. And then everyone involved in the show says, that was really fun. I won't forget you. I love you. Let's be Facebook friends forever. And goes off to their next show. Everyone's booked up shows. You know? yeah. so and so this group, this tiny group you have, splits off and goes away. If you're running a theater, the kind of core producing elements, they are obviously still together. And you know, and some ensembles you know, really make the theater kind of center of their like daily life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so it's their social and everything outlet, but still within a small group. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and the number of theaters that do that successfully are small. I mean, I yeah. think like you look at a straw dog, right? You know that really those people, you know, they they love each other and they spend a lot of time together outside of the structure of rehearsing. Sure. Um, so, uh, and then it's over, and then you have to go run around, and then you spend a month. I spend a month catching up with all the life things I let slide for the previous two months, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then you're like, oh, I want to see some of my friends. My good friends. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, but we're totally, we're totally in rehearsal. We're totally busy. Okay, yeah. You know? So you see them once every couple months. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so you know, I think, I think the cycle, and it, it has to do, it, it just, it's just a logistical issue that you spend a huge amount of efforts putting up the shows, and because the art is utterly ephemeral, right? You do it, it's gone. Yeah. And it is like it never happened. Yeah. In fact, if your show is successful, it is like it never happened because you will have broken even. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! What did I sign up for? <laughs> so, so, th- but the point is, like, we started with ten thousand dollars. The show did well. We have ten thousand dollars after we produce this whole show and pay all these people and do all this stuff. That's a total win, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Except for yeah. the part where you know we're like, oh, okay, now we still have ten thousand dollars. We have to do it Let's again. Do it again. So you do it again, and you do it again, and again, and it 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 just tends to wear people out. Yeah, man. So, but I think that is why you know people at a lot of levels feel isolated from the community mm-hmm. because you know it is it is just about time and it's time places to gather and hang out with people yeah um it is why you know you know places like you know four moon and right you know, Konex, i think is semi-fall out of favor at the moment but you know <laughs> i don't know uh i have a kid i don't go, get to go out at all anymore <laughs> um but you know it's it's, it's it's there are some places for you know people involved in, in the profession to gather and yeah. see each other and kind of recharge their batteries you know why can't we do that for a, a weekend? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, do you think? I mean, it seems like, in some sense, and I, I look forward to you correcting me, that really what this conference is is a kind of like support group disguised as a conference. No, no. I think I think the support group is an ancillary side effect. Oh, really? This, the, the sessions we picked. I mean, we could have like you know, you know, my worst space experience ever, or whatever. Like we could have we could have made it a, right, a, a, a weekend true. of big sessions <laughs> for commiseration. They would have signed up for that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, we are. I'm looking at the possibility of kind of having a couple of like like little breakouts for like you know artistic directors and season planners uh-huh. versus uh, you know ex- company managers and executive director types versus yeah. freelance artists, and those would be free form discussions. And those I think are a little bit of venting time and like Jesus yeah. Christ, what are we gonna do? And we're gonna, you know we're gonna, people talk about. And I'm sure people will discuss their problems. Yeah, yeah. But I'm really trying to keep this the the, the conference oriented towards you know giving you you know pointers towards solutions so that you feel not just 
relieved as a, a great weekend of therapy, uh-huh. but that, you know, but how some direction, how, how, what, how can I make this next year better? Well, I do think that, yeah, well, that sounds great. Um, I mean, that seems like it has a value to the, to even right. to audience members, to us, right. to come see a show that like is made by someone who like can see his kid. Right. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think, I think we'd all be better for that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, the, um, but I think that the, the, the event itself is less of a support group while people may commiserate. I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's more, it's, it's, it is, there's something about the dynamic of, you know, hanging out with your peers yeah. that I think does right. have that kind of support group flavor. So but that's the size of it. Better yes. I, I do. I do think it's important to have a big social component to it. Um, I'm, f- I'm really hoping people aren't completely swamped by rehearsal so they can come to those evening events. There's no reason not to. It's yeah. free food. My God. <laughs> um, uh, me in. and uh, exactly. So, um, <laughs> and, mother will be happy. and I think that's, I think that's an important part of, of any of these events, you know, yeah. at TCG, the favorite, mm-hmm. the favorite sessions that people stated were these little breakout sessions where they're allowed to talk to each other directly. Yeah. Um, and you know, the cocktail and chatting parties, I mean, you yeah. know, um, you know, I got to just wander up and meet a bunch of people I never met before. And who knows if I'll ever meet again. I mean, maybe at TCG next year if we go. I have no idea. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, it did make me feel con- – at TCG, I did leave feeling connected to a kind of national theater movement. And I think there's a real – there's a real tendency, especially if you you get isolated and focused on your own projects and your own work. Yeah. To, to discount what it is you're doing as significant. You've done, you know – uh-huh. I've done I've done plays forty times. Yeah, yeah. What's better after all of that? Uh-huh, you know? uh-huh. um, why did this play make a difference? Right. Um, and the answer is, you know, it's not trackable, but that doesn't mean it's not significant. Everyone apologizes all the time for being, you know, for producing theater. Uh-huh. You know that somehow we have to convince audiences to come against their better judgment that, uh-huh. you know, in some ways that, you know, everyone at the, uh, everyone I'm talking to at the conference, like I was this one guy who's a just director somewhere. It's like, here's our trick. We never mentioned the word theater in our name, in our publicity, nothing. And I was like, okay, but you are doing plays. He says, yes, but we don't call them plays. I'm like, okay, see, now I don't even know what you're talking oh, about. You know, what does he call them? I, I, events, happenings, I don't know, something, happenings. you know, oh um, it's like, Okay, I think that's. I mean, I think that's an interesting marketing tactic, but I just don't want to be. You know, I don't think we should be apologizing for making theater, and I don't think theater is irrelevant in any in any aspect. Um, I think, like every art form, you know, yeah. the money is going to be perennially tight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the competition for attention is always going to be high. Um, uh, but that doesn't mean that we aren't you aren't part of something larger, and that's that's the thing I think is rejuvenating, and that part mm. of the thing that the conference mm. is supposed to do. It's not that you are producing a play; it's that you are part of a national conversation spoken in hundreds of theaters mm-hmm. and by hundreds of companies and a two thousand artists in this year city every year, mm-hmm. showing work to the community. Yeah, um, and that you know, is your individual play changing someone's life? Who knows? Yeah, we'll never be able to tell. Yeah. Is your play as part of a entire cascade series that get people to sit down and really experience other people's lives in an immediate and real and inescapable way, you know, f- through this unique experience? Does that change them? I think that's unquestionable that it does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if we, you show me someone who, you know, goes to theater three, you know, f- four or five times a year, which is well under the theater goer average here in, sh- in the city wow. for the people who attend theater, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, that's central in their life. It, it changes how they think, yeah. changes what they think about. So, you know, I don't know that. So, you know, part of this is, you know, to, to connect to the community because I think the community is one of the biggest things we all contribute to as artists for the theater, mm-hmm. not the individual play. That's fascinating. I mean, some, um, I think there's part, part of this sort of Chicago theater myth or, or, you know, like er narrative or whatever mm-hmm. is, um, a group of kids getting together and starting like a scrappy little theater company and taking yes, it Martha, to, I blame you and your compatriots <laughs> into the sky. Um, no, and, and I think, and, and I think that a lot of the young people that move to Chicago, uh, carry that dream with them like really closely. Right. And they think that they're going to come and start a company. And, um, and some do with a lot of success. And some do with a, outrageous success. Yeah. And, and I think that, but don't you think on one level that, contributes to why there are so many companies because there's this story that people can participate in and it also contributes to a kind of the sort of wild west that is the chicago theater scene i think but also but don't you think that that too is part of that um part of the contributing factors of that isolation that people are coming to start companies rather than coming to engage in the existing community? I don't think so, because I think the people coming to start companies are certainly not not auditioning for other companies. Mm-hmm. You know, they might take themselves out for a show, but it's rare you see a company of you know actors just coming into town who only work there, unless they come in, mm-hmm. do a show that's so crazy successful. Mm-hmm. You know, like for some time, like a bunch of the house people just weren't in other shows. They right. were busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they hit the, they took their first show, they knocked it out of the park, and they're like, oh God, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, even, even all of those people have filtered and it'll appear in other productions. Yeah, now, definitely. You know? And so, you know, it's 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 inescapable. And so it just because you come just come these people, if we're just talking about the kind of infusion of younger talent into town, yeah. you know, the younger talent, you know, um uh may make a sustainable business company. They might not. Right. They might do one great play. They might just put together a show and have one great performance. They might come and do some terrible fucking plays. Yeah. You know, who you know, I'm sure I know all those things happen. Um, <laughs> um, but that has nothing to do, you know, but that and but that that's to the, the community's benefit as large. Yeah. And I don't think it creates isolation. I mean, you know, this constant infusion of enthusiasm and energy uh is the thing that keeps, you know, I think Chicago theater is so vibrant. Right. I think that the fact that these, you know, you have all these, you know, 22 year olds appearing, you know, ready to kill themselves to make your show. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, you know, helps the, the older and more bitterer among us, you know, it <laughs> reminds us about the joy of what we're doing all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important to push you on it. Just, just one bit further. I actually agree with everything you said. D- do you, um, but what about institutionally and institutional knowledge that it seems like one of the one of the benefits of this conference, for instance, in mm-hmm. as much as there are discussions about how to live your mission or how to use video to improve your website, right. that those are things that people around town can have answers for or have suggestions right. for. And that there's a lot of energy and resources that are being put into, you know, buying a lot of lumber to put, to build a set for a company that's doing its first show. Meanwhile, theater wit is sitting on a bunch of lumber. It's not using, do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, I actually think there's less of that particular last case than people like to think uh-huh, uh-huh. because, uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about this cause it seems so obvious. Like shows go up all the time. They throw out their lumber. Why yeah. are the shows using them? Well, the answer is cause that lumber's already been cut up uh-huh. and has nowhere to live <laughs> crappy, in between yeah. shows. So unless you're ready to come and pick it up that s- Sunday right, right, right. and it works exactly what you want for you. Yeah. And how, you know, but, uh, 
I, I think. I think institutionally too, how to yeah. build a website, how to use. You yes, know what I mean? mean, I think there's, I think there's, you know, there's institutional knowledge that theaters are. It's very easy for theaters to share, not just in this conference, in general online. Right. And there's a lot of conversation back and forth. And, you know, and I don't think theaters really keep that type of information secret from another one another. I don't think, you know. Right, theater, not on purpose. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I think there are some things that theaters are, are overly protective of because they, you know, you know they're very protective of, you know, uh, like audience and attendance data. Sure. Um, not who's coming to play, but even what quantities, where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. Uh, we'll see if the big list helps answer some of those questions, which I think will be interesting to see how many people, whoever participates in that. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I think the other thing is, is you know, uh, you know, apart from the, the, we're waiting to hear about rights on such and such a play, which I understand why theaters play that close to the chest so they, you know, don't engender an interest from competing bids. Right. You know, I actually think that's the only thing really that, theaters compete with each other for in any serious ways for the property, the creative, you know, the, the writer's mm-hmm. property. I don't actually think theaters compete for audience in Chicago. I think we should be so lucky. Yeah. I think we should be so lucky that audience, you know, that the audience is seeing so many plays that mm-hmm. they have to choose. Uh-huh. I have never, the only, you know, the only thing that makes people want to go see plays is seeing a good play. That's the chief engender. Right. Nobody ever goes to see a great play and thinks to himself, that was great. I'm going to return Done. in 3.5 months. <laughs> Just it's, no one would do that. You know, seeing a crappy play puts you off Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah for yeah. a little while. Seeing a great play makes you enthused about you know, seeing more. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I don't think theaters compete with audience at all. And I think there's a real perception because it's, it's so hard to get people's attention in general you know, mm-hmm. in, in this day and age. It's so expensive to capture people's attention. Yeah. So a lot of theaters feel like they're doing this show. It's gotten well-reviewed. Where's the audience? They're seeing other plays. I go to these other theaters. There's audience there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Those plays, there's this limited pool of audience. And uh-huh, they're uh-huh. only going to this other theater. I have to slice people away from this other theater, come to my theater. Yeah. When that's not the case at all. What you actually have to do is find a way to get the attention of people who attend the theater. However, that happens. And it's not, there's not a magic formula to do that. But that's right. what it is. There are... Tens of thousands of people who attend theater in Chicago. Um, yeah. There's more than enough people who attend theater in Chicago to fill up theaters every night. Uh-huh. If the case is made and the, the show is picked so that they can come, you can see it with shows that for whatever reason, um, either you know through the lucky strike of a, a Chris Jones best bet list, uh-huh. but also you know, that have a story that people – that sounds interesting and compelling to people at the moment. Yeah. Where all of a sudden the show sells like gangbusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when this happens to theaters, theaters are always like, what happened? Right. <laughs> like, oh, great. Our audience – look at this. We've tripled our audience. Yeah. No, we figured show. it out. We figured it out. And then they do the next show and the audience is right back to where they were before. Uh-huh, and they're uh-huh. like, what the hell happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the answer is not that, that – the work you're doing isn't good or that the two shows aren't even artistically equivalent in success. Yeah. Um, it all has to do with, you know, you know, capturing people's attention for that, that moment that when they're making that buying decision, um, to come to, to, to this show. But yeah. it's not that people are like, you know, and I do think people just say, you know, oh, these three sh- shows sound kind of interesting. I think the magic of the Chris Jones best bet list is, is not even specifically that it's Chris, right. but that because there's a list yeah. That winnows things down to eight to 12 choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. If I'm yeah, yeah. looking at a play, I do, I look at that list. Yeah. Cause there's so many. There's so many. How do you pick? Especially now, the only place you can go to, go to P and get a description is timeout and you get two sentences about a play if you're lucky. Yeah. In the listings. Right. 
very difficult yeah. to make that selection. So, yeah. you know, anything that helps focus people's attention, you know, social sites, you know, Chris Jones review, any of that stuff. And then if you can tell the person, here's the story of what's going to happen if you come to see this play and it sounds like fun, they'll come. But it's about attention, not a small audience. And it's not about competition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, theaters don't compete for anything. Um, the, I don't even really think theaters compete for, you know, possibly for foundation money. But there's comparatively so little of that. I don't see why people are are worried about Sorry, it. You know. So do you think that if there's one thing that this conference and conferences like it and and just coming together in this way can do for the theater community in Chicago, it's um, sort of erase those impressions of competition and and encourage collaboration. I think what these collaborative events do is teach everyone we rise and fall together. Uh-huh. At so many levels, everyone is trying to do exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, um, which and, is what, which is create, you know, create art, create great art. Yeah, um, and you know, we're that we don't compete with each other. The best thing that we, the best thing for Chicago would be every theater turning out a knockout home run play every show. <laughs> there would be nothing better than that. You know, yeah, that that would be that would be it would be impossible, but it would be you know an unbelievable win. Yeah. Um. Uh. If you if if an audience member knew in this my magic fantasy land, if an audience member knew that when picking up a paper, every play I pick is going to be great, mm-hmm. and they just pick a story that sounds fun to them. Yeah. Brilliant, because then they're already assuming they're going to go to the theater, right? Which is the biggest, the, which is really our biggest challenge. So you know, but I think the first step toward our goal of making every play perfect um, would be really to you know, uh, you know, recognize and, and embrace our strength uh, in this unique place that Chicago happens to be in at the moment in, in American theater. Yeah, is that of this of the most tightly knit theatrical and largest theatrical community I suspect on the planet, although. I don't actually know exactly what they're doing in Kenya at the moment, but you know, it, it seems unique certainly in this country. Yeah. And you know, that's really the thing I think people should walk away from the conference with. Uh, in addition to your, you know, six ways to, you know, get your donors to kick up their their giving. Yeah, and a couple of beers. And a couple of beers. <laughs> well, Jeremy, thank you so much for talking with me oh, today. Sure. And uh the conference is again is August 20th through 22nd right here at right. the Theater with Building on Belmont. Yes. Uh, I do ask uh, if you're coming please pre-reserve your pass so we can write the name tags <laughs> and all that stuff. Don't turn this into a commercial. It's a commercial. <laughs> Go to www.theaterwith.org/ctc. No, this has been hard-hitting investigative reporting. Yes. I'm your host this week, Ben Nelson. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.